It's time for another episode of the J. My scarf fell off in the intro. There we go. We're just going to mock this scarf like this. This is how we do it. I had to get a skull scarf that doesn't fit me. It's actually a baby throw up thing. We're going to make it work. Sorry for the muffled audio listeners. I'm bringing in my friend, my partner, <coughs> my friend, Jay Bartlett. Jay Bartlett. I think we should just make this the J toy show. This is getting out of hand here. That's going to be hard. Oh, God, to do the did, J toy show. Did you order that? On player one. Look no, at your is... beard. Look at your beard. It's so big. You can't even see the scarf. Oh, there you go. You there can you see. Go. It's like a little baby bib for my beard. It's like a bib on you. <laughs> a little baby bib beard. Okay. There it That's is. Great. You're, you, you can be, I'll be Tommy Lee. And you could be Nikki Six of the collecting world. There Look, you go. It's even got skull and crossbones. This is actually from my son. It was literally his throw-up bib. But since you call anything that you wear around your neck a scarf, I figured yeah. that this would, you know, this is how we do it. So thanks for everybody coming out. It's good to see you. Jay, it's good to have you back, brother. How have you been? It's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. It's been <laughs> a long week. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be back. I love uh I love doing this, man. I love talking to everybody, and I love talking to you, my friend, about toys and all other pop culture stuff. So it's As great. As do I. As do I. This is my weekly therapy. I fired my therapist because I thought it would be much more therapeutic to harass you and push your buttons for an hour, get a good kick out of you, let our viewers poke fun of me and our scarves, and get going. So far, it's working. Today, we have a very special episode, my friend. It's Collect Them All, and we have a special guest. Yeah, Mr. Carson Metaxas from 3djoes.com is going to be joining us very shortly. Yeah, it's we haven't seen Carson in over a year now. And uh, what, what a cool dude. And I can't wait to talk about all that stuff. I mean, I still got wet when I think about visiting his home in his basement. I There was so much perspiration from all of us on that hot, sweaty day, not including the 13-hour car trip. Okay, so you're going to have to direct me, as you often do, because I don't know what we can and can't talk about. So Nothing. We can't talk about anything? Or we we talk can't about even everything? talk about Carson. When he shows up, we can't talk about him. Okay. okay. So I know we're not going to talk about why we went there, but we're definitely going to talk about We could talk about that we went to visit him. Yeah. Uh, there was a promo teaser that I released where I was the big promo hero when I said something like, Episode 5, Jay spots an incredible G.I. Joe collection in North Carolina. But is the collection big enough for you to go 13 hours? Find out on this episode of Action Adventure. Adventure. You did one that was so friggin' good, man. You did something I was so impressed with. I think it was episode 5 because you went like this. Stay tuned. Uh, uh, This week, episode (laughs) 5. No, you did like this and then like (laughs) episode 5. I was like... That's pretty freaking good, man. <laughs> well, really good. thank you. Let me get to the icebreaker so we can get to our guests. Uh, we're talking about collecting them all this week. So, Jay, the icebreaker, the impossible Kobayashi Maru question is, if you could only complete one of these two lines, which would it be and why? You have to choose between Kenner Superpowers and Vintage TMNT. The, the, oh, you mean... Like if I could have one whole set or I could just yeah. collect one or the other. No, so if you, I, you have to, you're going to have one complete line, but you can't have anything from the other. So if you have Ninja Turtles, you don't get to have any superpowers. <sighs> what 
I'm going to have to go with Kenner's superpowers. No Ninja Turtles, huh? Wow. I can see our guest in the green room is giving the thumbs way down. No. That answer. No, Ninja Turtles to a certain point, and you'll agree with me here, because we just, we got out of it and it got really, really silly. And we've said before, but those first, the the 10 figures that were released in wave one, plus Mm. like the next 15 characters are better than the first run of that entire superpowers line. No, sure, no, it's not. Luke Cage, no, it's Batman's not. great. Robin's great. Superman, but do we need stuff like Superman's car and Superman's stilt walkers? Yes. No. We need no. cool guys like Calabac, who they never made sense. But they made sure. sense in a way better figure. Oh, did they? No, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I love the color scheme. I love how bright they are. And just looking at them, you, you see them in any toy store display, and they stand right out. And, dude, your weakness that Batmobile is so friggin' amazing. I, I can't discuss it. That is my kryptonite in this With case. With Batman and Robin in it, uh, it's it's perfect. Yeah, and, and the I black love, copter I, too. The Hall of Justice. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but that sewer playset, that blimp, that party wagon, those four brothers: Shredder, Krang, Treg, uh, Usagi, Ojimbo. Who? Tuck? Krang. Yeah. Shredder. Um, I want to. I want to look at this turnout of people already. This is awesome. They're they're all turning out for uh for Carson. They they know we've got some star power on the show tonight, so he's he's brought the flock with him. Um, let me let me bring on our special guest so we can we can get to the to the the fun and games. Thanks for everybody that's been that's been commenting so far. We'll get to y'all in the chat soon. We're we're having some fun so far. There he is. There's Mr. Carson Metaxa from <laughs> 3D Joe's. What's up, fellas? And he is bundled up for the show as well. Listen, listen, Carson, my brother, it's fashion, not warmth. Rob doesn't. Rob finally gets it. He finally gets it this week, but it took a couple of weeks. It's all about the fashion, man. You see, the problem is I'm freezing now. I appreciate you guys giving me a reason to wear scarves. Like we don't have (laughs) the occasion for scarves in North Carolina very often, so I appreciate it. Where is where's your falcon cut out, brother? You moved. Oh. He's turned oh. sideways. He's right oh, behind the classified. Okay. You know, okay. that is an oversight on my on my part, and I appreciate you pointing that out. So well, you give know, me a second to correct it if you want. Right through that studio, right through that door is the photo studio and like the books and posters and everything. Oh and, yeah. And uh, you know, I have corporate clients during the day that I gotta serve, and sometimes I I turn Falcon so it doesn't look quite so you know gi joe and i think you should put you should put falcon back i'm I'm gonna tell you i'm gonna fix it it's a good catch that was an oversight (laughs) what an amateur production (laughs) okay so falcon is going to be framed up there we go that's better there we go no you committed to the show brother once the scarf is on it can't come off and i'll break out the october guard oh Uh, there you go Nice. nice very cool very cool so welcome to the show man oh we lost you Oh, I lost his audio there. Yeah, it's okay. He'll connect live, live productions, ladies and gentlemen. Live uh, productions. Here we go. We got Here him back. Go. Thank you guys for having me on. Man, I, I missed you guys. You guys were a ton of fun when you came down here. No spoilers, and, uh, Carson. No I, was ex- spoilers. I was excited just to spend some more time with you guys. I won't say anything that happened while you were here. Good. Yeah, we can we can certainly dive into your uh, Toys R Us. Um, yeah, you, let- you can explain all that, but we won't talk about why I was there. That's the only thing we're not gonna. We're not sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, or what you left with, or or didn't leave with? Hmm. Maybe a crew member (laughs) was left behind. (laughs) I went all the way to North Carolina for nothing. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Uh, you're wearing a very nice fancy hat. This is 3djoes.com. That's a good segue for you to maybe introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are and what's up with that site. Cool. So I appreciate it. Um, back in 2012, you know, I was into GI Joe as a kid, obviously. And then, you know, I became a teenager and kind of moved away from toys. And back in 2007, when the 25th anniversary came out, it was nostalgia overload. Uh, saw the bat big battle in the box at Target, you know, with the Hiss Tank and the Mobat and the Trouble Bubble and Destro and Steeler and Stalker and a Jump Jet Pack and all that good stuff. And it just, man, it, it rekindled a flame that had been dormant for, you know, something like 17 years, right? And so from 2007 to 2012, I, I was just a, a collector like I was as a kid, man, just absolutely eating up the line and loving it. And, uh, you know, getting on the message boards and enjoying the archives uh, sites that were already out there, message boards that were already out there, Yojo, His Tank, that kind of thing. And uh, back in 2012, though, you know, that was five years into my, I, I'll call it my adult resurgence. Um, by that point, I had amassed a pretty massive collection and I was pretty proud of it and I wanted to share it. And I remember I took it down to Joe Con. Uh, I had an AFA 80 or better graded collection, 1982 to 1986, every single figure, all AFA 80 or better. Um, it had taken me five years to amass that. And I literally took it down to the Joe Con convention in Orlando, um, just to, or in New Orleans, just to share it. And I wasn't even looking to sell these figures. I, I literally like just wanted to share the, the what I thought was such an amazing run of, of carded and graded figures. And also at the same time, there was a Kickstarter that came along that really promised to democratize kind of uh, the, the interactive 360 photography. The application that I use is called ArcSpin. So they did a Kickstarter and they successfully funded. And it was just kind of uh, you know the right timing. When I came home from that convention, the motorized Lazy Susan turntable arrived and the software was up and running. And I was like, you know, this is crazy to take, you know, like a $30,000 collection to a convention. We, me and my buddy Joe that made the drive from North Carolina to, to New Orleans, um, we called it the O-ring gauntlet because every yeah. time we'd hit a bump, I'd just tense up, you know, because <laughs> those figures, they, you know, when the O-ring goes, their value is going to drop by probably half. So we called it the O-ring gauntlet. And I was like, you know, I don't think that's the right way to be sharing this stuff. I think I should start a website and I'm going to use that uh, 360 technology that I just helped crowdfund. And so 3D Joe's was born from that. And, you know, it started with documenting every figure and vehicle, but we've, we've gone on to so much more. All the catalogs, books, magazines, you know, yeah. promotional offers, package inserts, um, all the peripheral items from trash cans to soap dispensers. If it's got a G.I. Joe logo on it, um, we're going to document it. And especially if it's got painted artwork on it, that's a huge passion of mine is the uh, package artwork. Um, so we, I've gone out of my way and spent way too much money on this stuff and just, you know, all for the love of trying to document in a very completest way the 1982 to 1994 Real American Hero run. Well, we're, we're going to get to that that special word, completest, because yeah. it's what's fueling our entire episode in this whole collect them all mentality that's baked into the action figure uh, community and the whole uh, culture of collecting uh, I love going to 3D Joe's because I can just sit there and look at figures that I never had and literally just spin them with my mouse or on my mobile device, just mm -hmm. swipe and see them from every angle. Uh, you had told us before how comic book writers will look at them and study the characters so they can see the, how the folds transcend from one side and wrap around the figures. 
Mm-hmm. It's a cool site. If you haven't checked out 3djoes.com, everybody that's listening and everybody that's watching, check it out, especially if you're a Joe fan. But even if you're not into Joe hardcore, it's just really cool from an action figure perspective to see all the work that Carson did over one weekend and just put it up there. He's put one weekend of effort into this. <laughs> he hasn't done much else. He took a couple snaps with that's, his That's with a his great Blackberry. segue. That's a great segue for me to like spread the love, man. There have been dozens of people that have helped me with this stuff. Uh, you know, over the last eight years, it's been incredible how many people have come to my aid. And so anytime you're on 3D Joe's, you're going to see different people's names on the site. And that's because they've been contributing to the site. So if it's paperwork or if it's, man, there was a guy, Chris Cooper, that was mailing me boxes after boxes of vehicles just so I could document them and send them back. And all he wanted was a, you know, thanks to the YoJo outlet uh, link on that page. I mean, he was paying for shipping even. So there's, wow. there's people that have been just so, so right. very giving my buddy, Tim from Chicago mailed me his whole paperwork collection. I scanned the whole thing, mailed it back to him. He drove down like a year or two later and just helped me for a couple weekends to, to shoot stuff. So, um, there, there are people, you know, I, I don't want to start with names too many because I'm going to miss people. But suffice it to say, when you browse 3D Joe's, you're going to see a ton of different people's names. And thank you to each and every one of them, because it wouldn't be anywhere near as complete if I didn't have their belief in me. You know, because I could have been a flake. I could have come in in 2012 and say, hey, I'm going to build this thing. And like two or three years later, I just run out of steam. And trust me, I've been tempted to run out of steam many, many times. But these people... (laughs) These these people put fuel in my tank, man. Honestly, them believing in me and contributing and pushing me is what helps me, you know, stay committed to doing it. Well, thanks for all the supporters. I know what it's like to have uh, an army of people in the background help get something uh, to the finish line. You were obviously instrumental in us getting Action Figure Adventure to the end, not just with on-screen participation in both the scene with Jay and also with a sit-down interview, but with some paperwork and uh, the use of some 3D Joe's uh, assets as well, which is super cool. Before we get to collect them all, and everybody's throwing different things in the chat already, it's awesome. Jay's got a really fun question that we need to start it off with because it's it's a perfect kind of Joe fan fan guy kind of question. So Jay, what, what yeah. did you want to throw at Carson? So Carson, you and I could have talked Joe's for days when we were down there, and Rob, of course, right? And there was just so many things I never get to talk. I never got to talk to you about. Um, I know a few Joe guys, but uh, not on the level you are clearly. But I have a question for you. It's kind of a. Uh, I just I just want to know what you think here. So, if you yourself were going to do a recon mission to Cobra Island, what four Joes would you take with you besides yourself? So you you and four other Joes. And, you know, I'm going to be that guy because I know you love Falcon. Let's take Falcon <laughs> out of there. Come on, man. He's my leader. He's Rob, a- Rob told me to say it. Rob told me to say it. It was ready. your idea, not my idea. Dude, he I already could only pick one. And it could... Like, he's ready to roll. <laughs> like, okay, okay, then I'm going to say five then. Oh, so okay. Falcon, okay, we'll do we'll do Falcon and a firing squad. Um, yeah. Is this a covert mission or are we just going in guns blazing? So, in other words, snake eyes or no snake eyes? Uh, I just let's do let's do uh well guns blazing is a little easy let's do covert let's do that i want to okay. see who you'd pick so falcon and four others well it's got to be quick kick i mean the way that larry hammer wrote the file card was if you want somebody to do kind of a silent ops insertion into a enemy base quick kicks your guy so i'll definitely do quick kick um you got to have a communications officer uh my favorite because he was my first carded figure uh, my mom and my brother actually purchased him for me after I'd been begging my mom for like six months, for some reason she took my brother to the store and they got to pick out the figure. That was kind of weird, but they picked out Daltone. So I would take Daltone. I'd take Quick Kick. 
I think you got you got to have Beachhead just for the discipline. He's also just one of my favorite figure designs. And I you got, I think you got to have a heavy gunner for when things go sideways. Um, so I'd probably take Roadblock as well. I will accept that list. Well, right. done, sir. well done, sir. That's great. Approved. Well, that's good. I don't even know who I'd answer to that question, Jay. I'm not hardcore into Joe enough. Do you I'd want to throw down your four real quick? I, I don't know what it would be. I know more of the Cobra guys. I would. I could probably give you a covert Cobra team to go GI Joe HQ. Let's do that then. If you want to go scout out the Joe base, who would you take? It would be Serpentor. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's very silent and super ninja like. I take Serpentor. I would take a couple bats, a couple Crimson Guards, and Doctor Mindbender. Oh, That's what tired. I would do. Is this a surveillance mission or a destroy mission? It's a, it's a little bit of both. It's kind of roll the dice and see how it goes. Plan A, Plan B. All right. That's that's great. Oh. So what does this what does this whole collect them all thing mean, Carson? You're you're clearly steeped in it. To you, what does collect them all mean? And I'll get you just to bring your mic down just a little bit. Yep. It's Perfect. A, it's a uh, it's a shifting target. Honestly, I think anybody that tells you, you know, that they're collecting goals now at this moment are the exact same as they were a decade ago probably isn't being 100% truthful with either you or themselves, right? So so what I've found is I set collecting goals, I work toward them, and as I get close to fulfilling them, the goalposts tend to move because you, you don't really want to be done and you love that thrill of searching for something, finding that thing, getting it in, turning it over in your hands, in my case, documenting it, putting on, on the website or, you know, in some people's cases, setting up dioramas or whatever, you know, everybody's got different ways to enjoy the hobby. But for me, the, the completest kind of bug has absolutely been there since I was a kid. If you go to 3D Joe's and search for the curator page, you'll see my little index card that I carried in my back pocket with handwritten names for each of the Joe's that I was missing, like 1982, and here's the five names I'm missing, 1983, and here's the <laughs> names I'm missing. Because I, again, I got my first one in 86, so I really had to backtrack to try to be a completist. I had to trade my butt off. You know, I had to work and find people in the neighborhood that had these things and convince them to trade with me and, you know, do all kinds of yard work and save up money and, and basically, I had to do like the aftermarket for the first several years. So anyway, I carried this little note card in my pocket as a kid. So it started from day one for me. And my collecting goals back then was just one loose complete of every single figure, right? And I don't think that I was a completist when it came to vehicles, but I absolutely was with the figures and the comic books. Um, fast forward to me being an adult. When I started getting back into, into G.I. Joe, I was like, you know, I'm only going to chase 1982 to 1990. Those were the years that I was into it. And so I only did that at the beginning. But then I started building the website and I was like, well, got to go to 94 <laughs> because it's not going to be a complete archive without it. And so, again, it's shifting goalposts. And it was, you know, obviously first was complete loose figures that I could, you know, set up and pose, put them in action poses and do the 360 spins. And then I started doing the carded figure collection. This was well before the archive back in like 2007, 2008, I started doing the carded figures. I decided I didn't want to chase sealed vehicles with sealed contents because I want to see the vehicle and play with sure. the vehicle and pull it out and put the missiles on it and, you know, maybe roll it down the floor if it's a, if it's a vehicle or fly it around if it's a plane. Uh, that's just my thing. But I love the packages. So I wanted uh, complete loose vehicles with uncut boxes. So no, you know, file cards cut out, no flag points cut out. Those were my standards. Um, but again, each time you kind of get close to a, accomplishing your goal, you're going to start a new goal because at your core, you're a collector and you enjoy the chase. So also for me, 
sideshow collectibles. I've got every single one of those 12 inch figures. They're amazing. Uh, uh, we, we've we've seen them, brother. We've seen those. those are, that, <laughs> yeah. sir, that Serpentor one you have is insane. Man. Yeah, that's a prime oh. one. That's a prime one statue. That thing is probably the most ornate thing in my collection. It's ridiculous. Uh, and for whatever reason, when we visited you, you wouldn't take it down to show us. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> it's like four hundred pounds. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. You said we could see anything, and then the one, the right. first thing I asked for, you're like, no, can't touch that. <laughs> Dude, I was I was terrified putting that thing up. It's it's up on one of these really tall shelves that the viewers can't see. But uh, getting that like 300 pound thing up on there was it was very scary because those things are like 700 bucks man they're really expensive statues the prime wow. one um and then the classified figures are all right here so i got a few of those walmart cases and uh you know i'm collecting two of each of those one to open and one to uh one to uh the rule of sealed. two the rule so, of two as jay and i always call it there's yeah. the classified rule of two rule of two right there but i mean i also pick and choose like there was a while where i collected modern uh, 25th to which started in 2007 all the way up to like 2012 i collected that modern you know like four inch figure scale and it was just going into comic book long boxes just sealed figure sealed figure sealed figure and yeah. i wasn't enjoying it and this was at the same time i was building my carded vintage collection i was like you know what i'm gonna let this modern stuff go to somebody that that is passionate about it because obviously i'm not i'm just buying it to collect so i let that stuff go so there's things that come and go, but then there's those true loves that you will always stick with. And for me, that's vintage. Jay, why do you think we have this mentality to to collect them all? Why why do we have to collect them all or or even set these goals? Why do we have this mentality? Where does that come from? <laughs> the marketing department at Kenner, 1977 or 1978, I should say, when they put collect them all literally on the back of the Star Wars card. And... Um, Actually, to take that one step further, the, the Joe the Joe back was always my favorite because they would gray out guys that were coming soon. Mm -hmm. So you, you couldn't see, you know, you could kind of see their silhouette. So very early on, yeah, it was ingrained in our little pea brains that it was, you know, you have to collect all of them. And every all the Joes especially, every one of them is so cool and so unique. And why I love G.I. Joe so much is because for the most part, you talk to different people and almost everyone besides snake eyes says they love a different Joe for a different reason. Right. right. So do we, do we fool ourselves into going down this path though? Is like collect them all actually achievable when you, when you really boil it down, can you have w one of everything or however you wanted to find a uh, mint loose complete? And then you're going to start worrying about, you know, package condition. Is right. it, is it all going to be AFA a hundred? Whether that grade yeah. shifts over time or not, yeah. you know, plus, you know, variants and mail aways and, you know, this, this bag from a mail away is a little bit foggier than this other bag. I don't want no foggy bag in my collection. I got to go get this other thing, <laughs> you know, like, can I... we ever collect them all? Can we ever attain this? And yet we're still pushed down this hunter gatherer mentality that's baked into us as, as humans to go out and hunt. Why, why do we keep doing this like circle of pain? It never ends. And it's like, <laughs> it just keeps us on the track to, to the next fix. And like yeah. you said, you have a goalpost and then you go to the next one. Right. And, and Danny's chiming in here in the chat. He goes, you, you can, if you have all the money, I don't think you can. I don't think you can either, man. Cause then you go wow. down. Oh, there's always a different rabbit hole to go down there. You're literally never going to be able to pursue every different lead that you could with a certain collectible. 
it's just if when I look at GI Joe, there's people that just do paperwork, that just do the rare paperwork, the licensing folders. There was a licensing folder that just sold for fourteen hundred dollars last week. It was a 1983 Sunbow licensing folder that was sent out to buy from Hasbro, from Sunbow, from Marvel to uh, you know product manufacturers that they wanted to partner with them to make licensed GI Joe peripheral product. This one folder, this is one artifact, $1,400. There's no way you can collect it all. Um, when you get into the pre-production stuff, you guys saw some pre-production stuff while you were here. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to collect like original Ron Rudat drawings or Hector Garrido paintings or whatever, good luck. Like get a second mortgage, whatever you have to yeah. do. It's gonna, it'll be never ending and it will break you. <laughs> so what do you think as far as far though, as far as retail releases go, do you think that's attainable? I mean, we've seen your collection and- yeah. I can't remember if this makes the episode or not, but you and I are talking um, in your Toys R Us there, and, and you say, you know, I dabble in, I like Exo Squad, and I have a bit of Star Wars, but it's mm-hmm. all G.I. Joe. This is the art that I have not been able to master at all, which is to focus on one IP. And Rob's, right. the, Rob's the same, you know, there's there's no way. I just, right. I love so much that it's impossible. So it might be possible if you do have that laser focus, right, on the one, the one yep. thing. Might be. Yeah, it's it's much more uh, easily accomplished accomplished if you draw narrow boxes. Like you got it, you got you got to just put some restraints on yourself, or else <sighs> you're just going to be buying everything. And and so it's just again, so not fun though to put restraints on it when something but, cool is right there. <laughs> but it is fun because the showing <laughs> discipline on the other things that are outside oh. of your box is going to allow you to actually complete the mission of filling the box that you set out to film. Like, look at my Toys R Us. It's every carded figure from 1982 to 1994. How many collectors have been able to accomplish that, you know, in the last decade or two? I, probably like at least 20 or something. Like there's definitely other guys that I've met that have done a similar, you know, have set themselves out on a similar mission, but probably not many more than that. And and if I wasn't focused on G.I. Joe, on vintage G.I. Joe, I definitely wouldn't have had the resources to be able to accomplish that. I'm going to say soldier's dilemma and sure you could dodge right to stay where your, where your target is. But if you go left, you might find this other collecting thing that you didn't realize how much it appealed to you. And yeah. the rat race of trying to keep up with something as dense and as crazy as you know, GI Joe or masters of the universe, maybe you, you, you go over to captain power or you dabble in a little air Raiders because <laughs> so, it's not a, air it's a little Dick Tracy because you know, you just don't, uh, you don't need all the, the rat race of the cool kids and their GI Joe figures. I mean, you guys saw it. I've, I've got masterpiece uh, transformers. I've got uh thundercats, the recent, more recent thundercat stuff. I've got star Wars, you know, ad and millennium Falcons and six inch figures. And, you know, I've, I've dabbled in a bunch of other stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't, have any money to spend on anything else but i will never commit to a mission of i'm going to collect that entire brand unless it's something that i absolutely love and as of right now there's only two lines that i've given that focus and dedication to that's gi joe and that's exo squad you know i gotta say carson i really liked your toys r us your 82 to 94 until i saw other toys down there it really (laughs) took me out of the experience to see exo squad a little bit of turtle some star wars the bat cave like i was in the mood yeah i was really like appreciating your dedicated laser focus yeah i saw all this other riffraff on these other shelves like you know you had me and then you lost me. So if you see the episode, you'll notice that like the camera like pans to the side of it. And then we had to like, <laughs> no, 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 we had to like pan the other way. Get that out of the frame. Get it yeah. out of there. It's funny though. Your, your dabbling is like 
a lot of people's like entire collections. Oh, I dabble in Star yeah. Wars. It's like this one giant wall of Star Wars. Oh, that's just a you know replica Falcon hanging from the ceiling. No big no. deal. I, I dabble. It's not that impressive. I've got a lot of friends with a lot more impressive Star Wars collections for sure. It's all relative. We all yeah. have our thing that we that we love. I'm, I know you've got a few Masters and some Thundercats in, in there. Not a lot, but like one or two. So. My collection is bigger than yours. It's right. not a competition. Size <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm better than you. I can say that. I'm, per- uh, I'm perfectly happy with my three and three quarter inches. Okay, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you just like it because it's packaged three to three quarter inches. It's always safe. And hey, 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 okay, all right. Let's keep this. This is a family talk- show. I want to talk variants because in the last couple of weeks, Carson, I've seen something crazy, crazy mm-hmm. to me because I'm not in the Joe sphere that you've been trying to hunt down on Facebook and your quest to be the completest. I think you've been looking for, was it four or five different versions of steel brigade, like a one, a B C. Yeah. Well, you know, naturally what the hell is that? Is that part of completing it? Or is it just a variant and a different production thing? So one is good and that's it. It is history, my friend. Each one of those variants are a different period in time, right? So the the Steel Brigade, they used the molds and parts that they had available at that factory at that time. And for whatever reason, molds wear out. Molds, you know, sometimes need to go somewhere else to be licensed to another country to make another toy. Molds can be lost. Molds can be damaged. These things happen. So if you look at Steel Brigade, the, the question of Steel Brigade, I believe it started in 1987. That's version 1A. It's got the Ricondo torso. Version 1B, C, and D all have the Duke torso. And then you have a waist piece that goes away. Like it was a, it was originally, I want to say, Doc's waist piece, and then it became Cobra Trooper's waist piece. I'm speaking off the cuff. You started out with Scrap Iron's legs, and then you ended up with somebody else's legs. So basically it's a snapshot in time and each one of them are different and there's collectors out there, you know, a patch came with it and a very unique file card where you got to pick what your trooper's name was and what his specialties were. Uh, Each file card was unique, but beyond the fact of like, you know, picking and choosing what kind of text goes into it. There's also variations in like the printer paper and the dot matrix, like qualities of the file card. So there's people, there's people that have mastered all that stuff. They will be able to tell you, when you look at that patch, the layman would look at the patch and they'd say, oh, it's all the same Steel Brigade patch. Nope, there's four different types of the patch. <laughs> Wrong. Okay. Starts with a black back and then it goes to a mesh back and then it goes to a white back and then you got the gold head patch. I mean, there's actually, I think there's, yeah, there's five versions of the Steel Brigade patch, for example. So there's people that are just really committed to, I think they're like, they're like archivists, you know, they're, they're like anthropologists. They're, they're digging for this kind of historical factual information. They're looking at sealed samples wherever possible, and they're trying to pin down what really happened. And that is fun to me. It truly is. Like if you look at the Starduster page on 3D Joe's, I'm really proud of that one because we've worked very hard on it and we've uncovered some information that heretofore was not well documented. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what is Starduster for all our... Yeah. Non-Joe fans, not not I've like got me. Them on my table over here. I've got them on my table over here. So if I get a second, I'll grab one and show it to you. But long story short, there was a serial company named Ralston that wanted to do a GI Joe exclusive. This isn't going to be a short story. <laughs> Ron Rudat. Let's do the short version. This is we're halfway through the show already. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. So Ron Rudat designed a character called Chef that was going to be this custom character for this serial brand. They were like a Chef. That's not very exciting. Let's revise them. So basically, the figure designs, the parts they were going to use stayed the same, but they renamed him Star 
Duster called him, you know, made him much more colorful and they paired him with a jump jetpack because that's very exciting. Kids want to fly around in a jetpack, right? So Starduster was released with this cereal brand by Ralston. It's called Action Stars. It's a G.I. Joe cereal. And they teased it for the first round of boxes, which lasted for maybe a year. And then right at the fall of 85, spring of 86, they rolled out the second wave of boxes and that's where it had the Starduster offer, but it didn't end there. After the Starduster cereal went off of the shelves, um, Hasbro decided to start offering this Starduster through Hasbro Direct as a mail order premium. So you've got version 1A that came with Ralston cereal, but then you got version 1B and 1C that came through Hasbro Direct later. And so if you look at the 3D Joe's webpage, you'll, you'll see the commercial, you'll see the you know file card, you'll see all three versions of Starduster, you'll see the cereal boxes, you'll see a link to the Action Stars page where you got all six cereal box variants that came out. And uh, we just work really hard on this stuff and we, you know, we do our best to kind of be good archivists, be good anthropologists, find the facts, you know, research it, ask other people in the community. Don't think that you know everything. I am the first to say I do not know everything, but I consult with the people that really care about this stuff and honestly obsess over this stuff like I do. And when you get a bunch of really obsessed people that have spent a lot of time on this stuff, you're able to uncover some really interesting facts. And so it's, hopefully it's so overwhelming. I got I got to be honest. <laughs> like <laughs> no, no, it's it's cool, and I love that you 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 like going down that rabbit hole, but especially for a guy that's outside collecting Joe. Like I've got a Destro Classified, I have a Loose Serpentor, I have a Cobra Commander version two. That's kind of it. Oh, I have a Tiger Force yep. Bazooka, my favorite Joe. You've drawn a narrower box. You haven't expanded your box to include variants yet, and there it might is no box. This is literally the bottom of the box, and that's what I found there. <laughs> right um tiger force bazooka <laughs> he was on the top he's the cherry on, on my vintage collection nice. um it, it's just so overwhelming because you think okay here's the checklist of the, you know the 100 200 500 figures that they released and it's just like okay this is all i gotta do and it, and it really helps and then it's like oh wait a second there's five <laughs> versions of this figure three versions of that figure mm-hmm. it becomes so overwhelming it's a little dumb. It's off-putting. It becomes off-putting. It's like, you know what? I don't even want to, I don't want to get into it. It takes the, the joy out. I guess if I was closer and I had like 483 figures, yes. I'd go, oh, where's that next fence post? Because, you know, I'm over <laughs> top of the world. And then the clouds part and you see the mountain peak is actually way yeah. further. Well, to your point, you just said this. I'm just now collecting all four of those Steel Brigade ABCDs. I didn't want to throw tomatoes. I I already got, you know, I already completed my carded figure collection and and I'm very close to my loose complete vehicles with boxes. So now I'm expanding that figure box to include all those variants that I've put off collecting for so long. And honestly, I kind of regret it because they're so much more expensive now. It's crazy how expensive the, the variants for the, and I don't want you to get the wrong idea, Rob. Not every G.I. Joe figure has that many variants. It's these mail order figures that lasted for so many years that got so many variants. So out of the 500 <laughs> figures for G.I. Joe, they're not all going to be that hard to chase. Gotcha. Jay, you had a couple questions lined up for Carson. Why don't you throw one at him as I let the gears in my head slow down before they spin out of control here? Yeah, so recently, a ton on social media in the toy community, there's been a lot of heated I'm not going to name names because I don't get involved in it. Name the names. I want to hear sources. But I've just been observing a lot of arguments and anger between uh, toy enthusiasts regarding uh, reproduction weapons. And I want to know, since you're the king of Joe, what what is your thought? If someone, uh, say you needed a, a Cobra Commander pistol. 
or uh, Serpentor Cape. Yeah, uh, if if someone if there was a company out there making reproduction ones that wasn't wasn't trying to pass them off as originals, so just mm-hmm. say there was like a a mark on it where you can tell. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a good thing for the collecting community, or do you think that reproduction weapons are bad for the collecting community? Right. Um, I mean, I know, you know, to your point, this is a very divisive topic. Uh, when the toy communities tend to blow up and people tend to go at each other's throats, um, yeah. this is one of the primary topics that divides us. Um, and I've got strong opinions on it, and I will share them. I'm not going to sit on the fence here. I'll, I'll tell it like I see it. Um, I believe repros are acceptable if they are visually differentiated from the originals. I'll give sure. you an example. One of the hardest to find accessories in the entire G.I. Joe line is the Mauler, the tank driver. Yeah. Um, so heavy metal, he, he's an awesome figure. You know, he's got the dust on his face, like his goggles are lifted up and you can see like where the dust, like yeah, where he got dirty with his head sitting outside of the tank while he was rolling down the desert. Yeah. Uh, very cool figure, but he had this extremely small microphone that plugged into his head through a little hole and came around. It's an extremely hard to find piece. It's been fraudulently, you know, reproduced many, many times uh, where people try to match the original brown hue of it. I actually have a reproduction mic for heavy metal for the one that I put on display. I've got the original, you know, kind of put away with my complete right. uh, all original collection. But for my duplicates that are on display, I will make an exception because um, they're just gathering dust and making me happy. So, so for, you, for you, if it was black instead of brown, I bought cool. a black one. You vote with your wallet. I bought a black one and I'm happy with it because there was. His helmet has brown headphones, but there's also black trim on it. So a black microphone works just as well with his deco as the brown microphone did. Uh, this particular argument that I witnessed or read or whatever you want to call it um, was <laughs> it was I love regarding the telephone game or watched was, on YouTube. It was regarding uh, the antenna for worms, and someone was oh. trying to someone was trying to pass off the antenna as a, an actual one. Yeah. So Rob, I want to know your opinions too on that. So. Sure. Um, Let's just say He-Man. I think He-Man it would be a little different, but um... no, there's there's a there's bootleg weapons, especially of the vintage ones. Some people claim they're foreign variants uh, because the stuff like in India, for example, looks different, has a different shade of plastic, has a different texture, has a different weight, uh, and so people are are you know they're pissed off because a lot like the like a Leo Faker goes for thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know? So let's and, just say you needed an original 82 He-Man sword and shield and axe for whatever reason you couldn't find them and you could find the three of these for 20 bucks. Uh, would you would you do that or would you would you actively search out the original three weapons? I'm at a point where it's to me it's not about my collection being like perfect and, and like you know stemming from the 80s or really kind of reselling if i did resell i would certainly say that hey these are repo knockoffs or not even include them in the sale so that they wouldn't be passed on to the next guy should the person i sell them to forget to pass it on um if i have a loose figure and it's vintage i want it to look good on the shelf and so like my serpentor cape of course there's a rip in it like the second it it touched there i carson i got i got a on card serpentor it was like pulled from the chariot box but he's still on card right in there and i got it for my son right he wanted serpentor so i spent a hundred bucks canadian got i said i told you that some some time along filming action figure adventure i'd find a serpentor for you i never found one loose well jay and i went to all these stores but right. i finally found one but it was on card i was like okay well there's a hundred bucks dad said he would do it mm-hmm. gave it to him and literally literally i couldn't get to 10 by the time he opened it 
and decrease the value instantly the second oxygen hit it. And that's, why, like, that's why you need this little guy right here. He's got the cape, but it's like black and sparkly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it, like oh, he, yeah. he 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 like moved his arm up or went to put the dagger in it, and the arm pushed and went. Oh, like yeah, it just yeah. went I think that's one of the most fragile uh, pieces of equipment yeah. on any yeah, figure, yeah. man. Everyone, everyone who has Serpentor has the rip in, the, in one of the arms. At, at least one of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, just quickly, my thoughts. I will always chase originals. Um, so I need, uh, uh, for Keel Hall, I need the pistol, of course. And there's a ton of repros out there. I'm not going for that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, like you guys said. You know, as long as they're... Uh, labeled reproduction and they don't try and pass them off as originals i'm okay with it so yeah cool. I, I don't think these repro makers uh you know are are thieves and criminals in and of themselves i think they're providing a service to people that don't care if they have the original or a repro they'd rather be you know budget conscious and i'm not gonna i'm not, not gonna fight with that but what i do think they introduce is the possibility for resellers that are less scrupulous to yeah. rip people off hardcore, man. Yeah. And what I don't want to see happen is people that are new to the community buy something. They're so proud of it. They show it to somebody that's a little more seasoned than them. You know, they look at where the sprue mark is from where it was twisted off of the plastic mold. They're like, you got ripped off. And that person, you know, is now <laughs> leaving the hobby because they feel stupid and they feel cheated and whatever. So like a good, a good example of that. <laughs> I think it's DC collectibles on eBay, which is a pretty, you know, known seller out there for some really awesome vintage stuff. They have repros of the master's gift sets, which usually have two or three figures or he man and battle cat. And the listing says, you know reproduction and stuff but they've gone to the trouble of like actually aging them a little bit mm -hmm. and, and the bubbles a little loose but nowhere on the packaging does it yeah. say it's a reprint so sure you could buy it for 400 bucks and get the original vintage figures in there which you know justifies the printing costs and all that and everything complete but after you get it what happens then yeah then yeah, it's the next generation where you have problems if you're passing a bunch of fraudulent stuff out into the marketplace and there's no question it will end up in somebody's hands that don't know what they have and it will be sold as as original that, that, that really hurts to collect them all mm -hmm. side there's of a huge problem with that in the star wars community uh particularly with uh, leia's blaster it's one of the smallest tiniest most easily lost guns in star wars and yeah. there's a ton of people and it was another argument about um, someone was making these and then passing them off as original Kenner. And Rob and I looked at a bunch of stuff when we were shooting, uh, the different color variations mm -hmm. of the Star Wars weapons and how they're slightly less black. And it's just, you'll go mental um, trying to, to discover the difference. I really like what Hasbro did with the Joes back in the day where the weapon the weapon sets came and they were completely different colors. Yep. So like yep. you you knew you know if Ricondo's gun was yellow okay that's not his original gun right so yep. I really liked how they did that if these guys did that I'd be fine with it but it's yeah, the guys it's trying funny. to pass it off yeah because for a segment for Action Figure Adventure season two perhaps mm -hmm. I bought some repro weapons from China nice these oh, cost wow. four dollars wow and uh, I'm just gonna open these here. So people that are watching can have an idea. Sorry for the crinkling. I'll grab the most looking. Uh, that's kind of maybe more of like a Secret Wars gun wow. than, than anything else. But that's pretty brutal. Maybe something like that. And I'm sure the plastic feels terrible, right? It's cheap. looks like a looks like no. A it actually feels really good. It, it like yeah. it's very very nice. stiff. Nice. Maybe too stiff. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, I bought a bunch of those five dollars uh, Joe stands from China, and they're terrible. They're like a <laughs> hundred for like five dollars, and I had to take pliers and shave down every peg. Uh, watch those heels, man. Be careful with uh, those heels. Oh, I I lost one. Don't but, force uh, it. Don't it was I freaking broke spirit, man. Out, no, out of all of them. Ah. <sighs> Yeah. That's a, that's a you, you gotta be like hovering it above it, like okay. Once I do this, there's no going. But, but back these ones, and... Rob, these ones I got from China, the peg, right? The stand was fine, but the peg is too thick. Yeah. So you have to take pliers and literally shave down layers off this peg, and so you shave a little bit, try it, shave a little bit, and like really fragile figures like um, tripwire is yeah. one that's any of the like zap, forget it, man. Like you'll I'll, shatter I'll that. Up. I'll give an unpaid promotion here. Uh, I tend to get my stands from Small Joe's, and they have a peg that's kind of tapered in just a little bit. So you can kind of drop it in until you feel that resistance and then leave it alone. Do not not push it any further. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lesson learned for sure. I want to fire a big question out to you guys. One last kind of question to sum up this topic, even though we could continue talking forever about it before we get to Patreon questions and viewer questions. And then of course our action figure spotlight, which Carson, you're more than welcome to join us. If you want to showcase a figure. Okay. The question to you guys, simply put, what is the hardest brand, not line go either way, but brand to collect them all of all action figures. What is the hardest brand or line to collect them all and i mean everything variants uh foreign releases production goofs um everything what do you think i think there's only two contenders what do you think i'm I'm gonna guess that you're gonna say joe or star wars both (laughs) yes yeah i I initially it was star wars but then I, i thought it was everything if you're looking at figures oh man i don't know I've seen, like, if you're looking at the original Kenner set of Star Wars, I've seen, I've seen that in stores a million times. What you don't see is the eighty-two to ninety-four Joes complete, hardly ever, right? So um, I'm more inclined to say Joe would be a little bit more difficult. Do you know? Do you know how many figures offhand they've produced for Star Wars at this it's point? One one twenty-five around there. Oh, like total? Oh God, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no. I, mean, I was just talking original. If you're if you're looking, but at I'm it, talking all action talking figure from, lines from b- birth to now. So vintage, power of the force, power of the force two, Phantom okay. Menace. But here's my opinion. Here's my opinion. I'm not a big fan of the late '90s, mid 2000s Joe stuff. I don't know a lot about it. There's some like the Joe comic pack 26 is great, but a lot of it are just really bad proportions, reissues, and stuff like that. Right? Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, so then you're looking at the 25th anniversary line and there's like 7,000 figures in that. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm going to go I'm going to go with Star Wars overall. The the Joe, the Joe Mailaway stuff is definitely it beats the Star Wars Mailaway stuff, but I'm going to go with Star Wars. I, I it's hard for me to determine uh which line produced if we're just talking sheer quantity, which line produced the most stuff. I do know that from 1964 cuz you have to go back to the 12-inch all the way to now, there's only been a few periods in G.I. Joe's history where they haven't made product. There's less years that they didn't make product than years that they've made product. And so if you look at, you know, 19, 
64 to 76 was 12 inch. Then you had Super Joe. You got to collect that too. There was a couple years of that. So you only had 79, 80, 81 off. You had 82 to 94, Real American Hero. Then you had G.I. Joe Extreme. You also had Sergeant Savage. Then you had a couple years off before they started back at Target with the Real American Hero collection, and they never stopped until 2018 when they canceled the uh, G.I. Joe Collectors Convention's license and Toys R Us also went out of business. That's the first time that they went out of production in you know many, many years. So G.I. Joe has had this crazy run and they've been super productive. I'm not saying it's all great. Uh, I, I echo Jay. This is not about quality. Right, this right. Sheer, sheer quantity. Quality. And let's throw another monkey wrench into the thing. Getting it in the most perfect condition. Is it going to be harder to get perfect Star Wars packaging versus yeah. perfect Joe packaging? We talking supply and demand here? Are we including demand? We're talking what we think is available right now to go out and do it. I mean, G.I. Joe's coming up, but I think Star Wars is still lower supply to higher demand, right? So I, I think if you're just talking money, what's it going to cost to buy one of everything from beginning to now, I think it'd probably be Star Wars that just cost you more. Is there quantity-wise more product? I don't think so, but I don't know Star Wars well enough to answer that. So I'm going to say the opposite. Really? Um, the, the original Kenner line, the hundred whatever figures, I, again, I've seen those all over the place, but you're looking at the 500 Joes from Real American Hero. I mean, we saw, Rob, what did we saw? We saw Short Fuse, just Short Fuse, you know, one of the originals. He was like four, 400, 500 US. Mm-hmm. That's just for one guy, man. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, I'm going to say Joe will be way more difficult to do than Star Wars, like the original Star Wars. Because you look at Phantom Menace on, you can get so many of those figures for a dollar. They you overproduced can, it. There's, they overproduced them. Everyone has them. And everybody yeah. bought two and kept them both sealed everybody right. did right. right interesting so yeah and jay knows star wars a lot better than i do so i guess i'm glad to hear that gi joe is the most uh, valuable brand i, I bet would... you are with your toys r us <laughs> <laughs> not so far from where you're recording he didn't he didn't pay me to say that i promise nope. you guys arranged this uh i tried to go the other way with it i tried to build up star wars here <laughs> Well, of course, I want to thank our Patreon backers who helped make this show possible. So thanks and big shout out to Tim, Nathan, Kevin, Bill, Matt, Jay, Danny, Ryan, Chris, Rodney, Scott, Billy, Ben, Nelson, Kyle, and Adam. You guys are awesome. It's been great leaving you guys posts uh, and and going back and forth and figuring out what's going to get asked. I do have a couple questions this week from you guys. Uh, Danny asks specifically, do you have what others might consider an unpopular opinion about action figures? So do you guys have a certain belief or thought about figures that is against the grain when it comes to, you know, the culture of the community out there? Hmm. Do you have like an example? Like reproduction items are are good and it doesn't matter. And that's Hmm. my opinion. I think it's okay to pass off reproduction items like the real thing. It doesn't hurt anybody. Oh, <laughs> not my opinion. <laughs> I would not say that. I'm quoting Carson right now from the email he sent me earlier. Right. We need to push this new repo site that I'm a silent partner on. Um, I don't think you need to buy everything a brand puts out to to you know be a fan of that brand. Blasphemy. The more you own, the bigger the fan. Nope. <laughs> Mm-mm. Like we should be voting with our wallets and we should not be buying the bad stuff. So they know what's good and what's bad. 
that's so hard though because when you're only one or two figures away from collecting them all mm-hmm. especially as they're just being released right now carson and the like, hunt is easy you know how hard it, it hurt me to to cough up extra money to buy firefly off of ebay when i don't honestly even really like the design oh, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of that ied giant blast jacket i like a yeah. stealthy firefly that sneaks in finds the cracks puts explosives in them blows up and gets out of there um you know to me he's not an eod explosive ordinance you know guy so at least they didn't do the ninja force firefly crap from right. the 90s man but um yeah. i was going to ask you actually what what you thought of the uh classified series like obviously you're a fan of it yeah well when they first came out i thought they were a little bit over designed i thought there was too many colors too many folds too many creases too many lines it's kind of like i feel about a lot of vehicles these days they're they're doing things just because they can um so if like if you look at uh, the first run, you know, with Scarlet and Duke and Roblox, they all had these very prominent touches of like magenta and gold and just questionable colors. It was just too like, yeah. look at Scarlet's boots. We're just taking one piece of clothing from one character. Look at Scarlet's boots. That's how I would summarize the problem that I had initially with G.I. Joe Classified. I don't know if they actually course corrected or if this was just the way they were planning the line going forward. If you look at the newer releases now, like Flint and Lady J, much more close to vintage designs, very much more toned down color palettes and definitely hitting my sweet spot. So I'm glad I didn't write the line off and give up on it early. I'm glad I stuck in there because I really feel like it's a, it's coming back to pay off for me. The, the Viper that just came out at target within the last couple of weeks is awesome. The Cobra trooper is probably the best figure that they've, that they've made. Uh, Zartan looks like he's going to be amazing. Like the line to me feels like it, it just keeps getting better. But again, when it first started out, I, I had some issues with it. Serpenter is going to be the, the real, the yeah. real watermark. Yeah. We we'll see. That. <laughs> Jay, what are your thoughts? Do you have any uh, unpopular action figure ideas, like in collecting ideas? I, I honestly can't think of anything. I, I, yeah, you you can go ahead, Carson. Yeah, I can't think of. My mind's a blank. Migo sucks. <laughs> I can't. Stay, I can't stand Migo. Whoa. I think those figures look horrible. Carson, you asked for controversy. I gave you controversy. I know that's gonna hurt some people. <laughs> okay, <too>. so. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna copy you a little Uh-oh. bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bite oh, your no. tail a bit, and and I'll say this too: as much as I just adore Transformers, the Uh-oh. G1 figures, I'm go. not. I've never been a huge fan of the G1 figures. Oh my goodness, we're alienating yeah. fan bases <laughs> at, at a record pace now on the Jay and Rob. In our hobby, but it's why we? I like the War for Cybertron stuff now that comes out because it's it, they look exactly the way they do, right? They look like they're from the show where. You know, they were they were toys that were, you know, they were licensed. Hasbro licensed them from Japan, right? So they were from all Diaclones and all these different lines. And they're also different looking and there's no sense of scale or anything. But I, if you guys, please don't unsubscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I take it all back. Yeah, I'm sorry, Migo, guys. They asked for controversy and I gave it to him. He doesn't it's like not, It's not the Jay and Rob toy show. It's the Jay and Rob, the toys that we want to talk about when we, we want to talk about them toy show. Yeah, right. Um. I got another question here from Bill. I'm just throwing it in the chat for everybody. Bill asks, are there any overseas lines or pieces uh, that you wanted to collect or, or dip into? I don't know if he's talking about stuff that's strictly outside of North America in our case, like a, a completely foreign foreign uh, release or a foreign variant. Um, run with it however you guys see fit. Is there something that's international that just really appeals to you? Yeah. Yeah, I've... I've... Uh, you know, I've been really interested in Action Force, uh, especially the last year. I don't know a lot about it, but uh, it's something that I definitely want to 
to dive into for sure. Yeah, uh, I had the opportunity to really dive into International G.I. Joe's on volume six of the uh, Collecting the Art of G.I. Joe book series that I did. Um, we had an extra 18 pages left. Um, so I basically decided I'm going to drop several thousands of dollars and just sit on eBay France and eBay UK and eBay Spain and just buy up everything with original art that I could. I only wanted stuff that had unique artwork compared to what came out in the States. And it really... Um, it allowed me to dip my toes in that water for the first time because like I said, I try to keep tight boxes around my collecting. Like, you know, you guys look at it and you're like, oh my God, he's got every card to figure, but it's like, yeah, but I avoided international like the plague because those guys spend so much money on international. But now I'm, I'm, now I'm much more familiar with it. And there's parts of the international lines that I want to collect so bad. And I just won't allow myself to. Fork of is a South American GI Joe line that paired up figures with animals. Um, wow. The, yeah. And the, it's awesome. I mean, they're not articulated animals. They're simple animal molds, but like the idea of big boa that comes with a kangaroo and you guys know kangaroos actually like stand up and they fight like this. Yeah. yeah. So you picture big That's boa cool. fight this kangaroo for Kafara. It's a brilliant figure. Like I want all four. I think there's four of them and I want them all. Um, wow. also, well, that's just the focus. You only need four. Yeah, but they're like hundreds and hundreds of dollars each. But there's only very, four. Very hard to get. <laughs> but, but that's just scratching the surface. There's also a bunch of eco warriors that came from South America that look great. The uh, Action Force, they they got unique Tiger Force figures. Outback's the most reputable, but there's several of those figures as well. There was unique decos for like Mutton Junkyard and Spirit and Freedom from Action uh, Force as well. Yeah. So I'm really a sucker for you know, brands that took the GI Joe molds, made them overseas, but did something very different with them. I want yeah. all of those. But if I start, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to collect all of those. And I know how expensive it's going to be. That's exactly why I think a lot of people love those master stuff from, from I India, the Leo brand. Cause they, they changed, like they added like, the, like bandit makeup to faker. So he, he looks completely different when you look at him and his, his, uh, his, his armor and stuff is different color. And stuff. it's, it's pretty rad. Um, I've got one last question before we get to action figure uh, spotlight, our little show and tell, and it's going to be a question for me to kind of wrap things up. Do you guys think there are more people that collect to complete or collect without any kind of focus? I'll let Carson go. We'll, All right. Here. We've got a, uh, we got a local group here. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina in Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hills called the triangle. So we got a local group called the triangle Joes. Uh, we've been getting together for probably six or more years and every one of them has different collecting habits. It's so interesting because we're all about the same age group. I'd say 30 is the youngest, maybe 45 is the oldest. And, uh, we've all got really different collecting habits. I don't think the majority of them are completist. I, I think there's only a couple of us out of the 12 that, that have the sickness, like the sick, the sickness that you can't beat. <laughs> they seem uh, to all have a little more self-control. The passion, the drive, you mean? Yeah, the dedication to yeah. be so committed <laughs> to one brand that you have to have all of it. That That's a special sickness. Right. I guess, Jay, do you think more people out there are uh, completists, have the completist mentality? They want to collect them all? Or do you think people are a little bit more, you know, choosy, pick this, pick that? Well, uh, our buddy Scott just uh, chimed in and said, my focus is already out the door. And I'm with him because him and I chat quite frequently. And, you know, it'll be one week. It's all about Buck Rogers. Speaking of Migo, Carson, it's all about Buck Rogers three and three quarter. And then it's, you know, I, I was into cops like hard for like a month. Um, in my experience, most collectors are more focused. They have one or two lines that they really love and they want to collect all of it. 
the collectors mostly I've come in contact yeah. with. I, I would say I know very few people that look at one just one brand, let alone one single line. They seem to have two passions. So like Masters and Turtles or yeah. Joe and Visionaries or, you know, yeah. and there's usually like a main one and then like this weird obscure one. And I think when they have like two or three, at least the case, it's the case for me. It When it gets hard on the one and you can't wrap your head around or you don't want to fork out the hundreds of dollars or you're not finding the stuff you want, it's easy to jump the other and feel like you're making progress. Because right. I think having the forward momentum when it comes to collecting is integral not to getting burnt out during this. Because it's all we all want to gather and display and be a shelfer for life and put things up there and say, look what I did. I proud of myself there's a dolly on the shelf and i can't wait to get the next one but look at this shelf it's a little dry i'm gonna go get a dolly for that one and then you go to try to find it and oh i gotta get version b of this dolly because i already have version c and d so it I, I think having a couple options is is healthy for the mind yeah even if you are just a shelfer like me that's so. my problem i basically finished exo squad so now here i am collecting all the gi joe figure variants that i tried to fight collecting <laughs> Hey, well, you could always fill out your Star Wars collection there and your Turtle collection. and uh, I don't know why. Those brands don't call me to spend money on them on a regular not basis. Yet. Not yet. You know? Like I, What I want to start collecting is Akira. You guys remember that animation? Oh, yeah. The yeah. only toys for Akira are so expensive. It's crazy. Like I've been looking at them on eBay for the last couple months now, and there are some spectacular Akira toys, and I cannot bring myself to spend the money on them. So. Gotcha. All right, action figure spotlight time. It's our show and tell. Jay, I still have a lot of items in the mail. And I forgot to get to it last week because we were like 10 minutes over as always. And we're already a minute over now. So Jay, I can go first or you can go first. Do you have your figure ready? Yes, I do. Now, let's see your figure. Let's see what your hero dolly is this week. Okay, so today um, I knew Carson was going to be here. So it's got to be Joe related. It's Mr. Um, Carson. Thank you, sir. But even more, I'm going to dedicate these two to my mom. Uh, these two Joes, I can't remember which one was the first she bought me. Um, so they're they're really nothing uh, special, but in my heart, uh, they are. So most of us had these two guys for our first Joes. I can't remember if it was Grunt or Breaker that were my first. Uh, but the Grunt is my childhood original. The Breaker is one I've got since to replace my broken one. Um, but these two here, man, again... They just hold a special place in my heart. Everyone either had Grunt or Breaker, I'm pretty sure, as their first Joe, if you're in my age category. So yeah, this one's uh, for my mom. So cheers. That's yeah, awesome. your, mom, your mom was awesome, dude. She was that fuel for your for your fire, always just encouraging you. Like, we have those desires in us to keep going and stuff, but it's got to come from somewhere. We have to pick up that habit, that intuition. Jay exposed me to it, and, you know, Jay's mom, Sorry. salt of the earth, just so such a, she's a, such an awesome lady uh, yeah you know she's family to me like an aunt two doors down just an amazing person carson do you have a figure ready jay i think that's absolutely incredible that she got to see you chasing your passion the way you have been yeah. over the last several years man you you definitely are like living in your flow and i'm sure that was really rewarding to watch um thanks man Hopefully one day I'll get there completely too. I'm still like a corporate hack, sellout video and animation person, but <laughs> oh, wow. I want to be hey, more like you guys. You're, um, you're you're part of the family, man. You're with us now, so I, I appreciate you're it. already in, brother. You're already in. I appreciate it. Um, all right, so I got into something a while back, and these are still sitting on my desk because I've been army building them. 
but I want to okay. show you a before and after. So you have 1986 sci-fi. Yes. Pretty cool trooper. Kind of reminiscent of RoboCop when you look at the head sculpt, right? Pretty cool backpack. I've got the little cable, you know, that goes from the backpack to the to the laser gun. This guy was the replacement basically for Flash. He was the new yeah. laser trooper um, for 1986. Flash was already out of circulation at this point. So very cool figure. All right. Now I have another figure that most people will not know. Um, this is Cobra Blackstar from 1994, the last year of the line. And he wow. was a space pilot. And I really, really saw a ton of potential in this figure, but his accessories were pretty lame. Of course, he had the obligatory giant spring-loaded launcher uh, that most 90s figures had. Um, and he also had this kind of mustard uh, pants and shirts that I didn't really like. So what I decided to do was collect a bunch of Black Stars and collect a bunch of Sci-Fis and make Black Star version 2. I think this is really... <laughs> Really cool figure. This is no painting. This is just literally swapping some parts. And so you have sci-fi's weapons and Black Star's, you know, awesome head sculpt, torso sculpt, uh, waist sculpt, and you just take sci-fi's arms and legs and accessories, of course. And you've got a really cool figure there. So our army built, I don't know, maybe like 10 of these. That's Black super cool, dude. Yeah. Black Star version two. Fun. Fun. Jay and I have talked about army building a lot on the on the show so far and, and what characters people pick and, and why. So that's if, and if you guys could see to Carson's our left to Carson's right, you can see a little bit of the colored shelves in the back there. Yeah. He Black, has Black Falcon. Virtually every Joe army, like Crimson guards, bats, like every shelf is like a different and your favorite, of course, the snow serpent. I love, yeah, I love that snow scene, man. Yeah. You got the snow serpents by, by the dozens. Yeah. yeah. They just had the best accessories, man. And, and the figure sculpt was amazing too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, I've got the, I've got the retail displayed. I think most people have seen online the Toys R Us thing, but I also have a bunch of loose figures and I've got them set out. And um, I bought these backgrounds from Toy Hacks. They have these backdrops. And then I bought one LED strip per shelf and you can color code kind of the LED light to match the, the mood of whatever scene. So like my snow scene is covered blue, colored blue. My crimson guard scene is colored red. And it's like an awesome. underground Cobra fortress because you mm -hmm. wouldn't see a bunch of Cobra uh, Crimson Guards on the street, right? They're they're businessmen on the yeah. street. Yeah. They're only going to be in Crimson Guard attire down in the bunker. So it was a lot of fun setting those up. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. All right, Jay. You've got to pick a number between one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I did have it one mail day since we last did this. Do you promise there's no Dick Tracy today? I <laughs> promise nothing. No, no I, more ha I, have, Tracy. I have the focus that, that you have, okay. so we never know where this is going to go. Let's go with lucky number seven. Okay, I have to move some stuff. Give me a Are second. packages? You've got that many packages ready? I have this many packages of mail since we've started the show, and they just keep piling up. So instead of wow. putting them on my shelf or wall behind me, that's I, awesome. uh, this is, they're just over here. Yeah, that's fine. So. Lucky number seven. Here we go. Don't disappoint so, me. No Dick Tracy. So this one is a police detective in oh, a yellow no. in a yellow jacket with the talking wristwatch. <laughs> <laughs> number seven, it's the it, it was the new item, and I put it at the bottom, thinking you'd pick number one or three, which is what you usually <laughs> do. But no, this is a new. I'll go full screen here for you. Turtles package that came in. So this Sweet. is the, oh, the NECA two pack of Splinter and Baxter Stockman. And I cannot get enough of this line. The cartoon yeah. accuracy, really cool line to collect. 
And like, there's just some really awesome accessories in there, like the the four painters Dude, in the book. I'm so jealous. I'm the so scroll. Jealous right and you know, the, for me, this was an eBay exclusive. I because <laughs> it's not in Canada yet. They haven't yeah. released it over here. So this, I believe, was a Walmart exclusive in in America. And I got one for what I think is fairly reasonable online, at least Hi. reasonable to my wallet. And I didn't want to take the chance. And so because my collecting goal for this line, Carson, isn't much more beyond this this set here. Oh, uh, wow. I, I could rationalize the extra $10 it cost. I was happy to pay $10 extra plus shipping and customs to get to get it here so oh, i'm glad you got that man that's that's, that's yeah awesome. that's that's i think baxter might be one of the best in the line he look, he just looks so cool and that splinter man oh yeah. splinter looks so cool he he doesn't look like any splinter they've, they've ever released in toy form before he is so cartoon accurate i love it now will you open that or will you keep it in the package oh i'll be opening this i yeah. have all the ones that i've wanted so far they're all in the package yeah but if we get to do season two of action figure adventure, and again, you can request Netflix to get season one, which helps us get season two. Nice. If we get season two, then I've got a segment I got to do, which means I got to shoot it in package first before I open it. So I have right. footage of it in the packaging. So we can talk I about either the packaging or the figures. You know what that's like. Cause you can't go like, back. Yeah. You can't go back in time. Once you open and crack it. Well, you actually, yeah, you can. It's just called buying it again, which really hurts. <laughs> oh, the production yeah. budget is not that kind, which is why we hit up partners and good friends like 3djoes.com for amazing assets on action figures. Happy to help, buddy. <laughs> Happy to help. So that will do it for another episode of the Jay and Rob Toy Show. I definitely want to give a huge shout out and thanks to our special guest, Mr. Carson Metaxas from 3djoes.com. If you have any love for gi joe you need to check out 3djoes.com if you haven't already and you know what carson's a pretty friendly guy he only charges a hundred bucks for the first 10 minutes of advice <laughs> reach out he's looking for some foreign variants he wants to get his little joe oh, animal Lord. figures there's only four of them <laughs> ten, <laughs> 10 minutes of advice he's happy to, just, to talk your ear off just a kangaroo and big boa They're, we'll just, just start a, with that just a kangaroo you know what maybe tell him you've got a tiger and send him a cringer or something say oh, this is how it was released in my country now tell me more about gi joe's i don't know uh it's been fun having you man it's uh, I, I love talking with you we're gonna ransom you and get you back on the show again at I some see. point, oh, talk yeah. about something, maybe Exo Squad, some you know lesser known lines. We'll bring yeah, you love on. To talk about Exo. That's a big bet. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, I, I gotta say, man, it, it's it's an honor to have you here, dude. Like you're you're such a good guy, and uh, I'm such a Joe fan. So anytime we get to talk about GI Joe, it's just it's I just see. awesome. Well, next time, hopefully, I'll have some uh, some big 3D Joe's news. So we'll see. Oh, I like great. it. I like it. And do you still have books available online for people to purchase? The interesting news is I've sold out of all six volumes with the exception of number three. That's I've got a I've got some copies of number three left and that's it. But you guys okay. know we've been working on the omnibus hardcover for yeah. the last two years. We've completely reshot, rescanned, and re-edited everything from 1982 to 1986 to bring it up to the level of quality that we achieved oh. from 87 and up. So we redid everything. And awesome. I've been collecting those uh, licensing folders that I was talking about that have the unadorned photo prints and that kind of stuff in there. Um, I've been collecting some some pretty rare stuff, some some pretty obscure stuff. And so what we're going to do is reprint the whole thing, all 450 pages, remaster the first five years for four years. And then we're going to add another 100 to 200 pages, depending on how the Kickstarter funding goes. So if you guys want to help make that happen and want to yeah. help make it, a 650-page book that's 13 inches tall by 12 and a half. 
inches wide. This now, is going to be a bigger toy collecting book than any toy collecting book on the market. Mark my words. Like, oh, look at oh, that is some that is some hard hardcore words because there is a master's book coming out, as you know. Oh, there's, there's two master's collecting books coming is it, out. Is it thirteen by twelve and a half and <laughs> again with the size? You know what? It's actually forty three by seventy two by one hundred nine. Okay, you got me beat. Okay, good. <laughs> I win again. I'm better. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> massive, though. And I mean, this is the culmination of, you know, basically five or six years worth of work for me and Chad See, Huckle. I don't need people. to collect the figures. I'm just going to buy your book. I'm either looking at them on the Start. shelf or looking at them on the page. You yeah. do the heavy lifting. I'll just flip through the pages and enjoy it. I've honestly had people tell me that, like, once they bought the books, they didn't feel like they had to have the carded figures anymore. They could have the loose figures and have the books and be happy. So if that's what that provides to people, then it's well worth the cover price. Well, Carson, thank you for killing the collecting hobby and the community for everybody <laughs> by providing your books and nobody wants to buy the toys. That's hilarious. It's great. I do <laughs> want to give a shout out to, uh, in addition to 3D Joe's, TMNTToys.com, He-Man.org, Cybertron.com, some other great great collect them all resources and and places you can go to learn about your favorite lines don't go to Mego, and i probably shouldn't have said cybertron.com since you guys hate Mego and everything transformers now i didn't say i hate everything i think i think you did that's that's what i remember um that's that'll do it guys thanks so much for watching as always and we will uh catch you again next week uh th give us a thumbs up subscribe and as we always say for the love of toys keep your scarf on take care of yourself and each other cheers